TheChairShot.com. Always use your head. Hello, everybody, and welcome to another episode of the Five Rounds Podcast. The only podcast out there with the cardio for those deep water championship rounds. I am Mags, and with me, as always, my son and the British Arcor champion, Carlos. Carlos, how are you? Not too bad, how's yourself? Yeah, I'm okay. Uh, we've just finished watching our, uh, UFC uh, Vegas 12 um, Sparta versus Uriah Hall. Uh, really interesting card. We'll quickly go through these uh, these prelims. Though we started with uh, Miles John in the bantamweight, uh, getting the the third round TKO uh, of uh, Kevin Natty Vadad, and then uh, in the live weight we got a first round knockout by uh, Justin uh, Dustin Jacobe against uh, Justin Ledet. Uh, second round sub in the welterweight division for Jason Witt over Cole Williams. And then uh, Jack Marshman, the Welshman, on another loss uh, with a decision to Sean Strickland. Um, then uh, Adrian Yanez picked up the first round KO against Victor Rodriguez. And then in the in the featured prelim, we had Alexander Hernandez uh, getting back to winning ways uh, with a first round knockout against Chris Groots of Macca. Going on to the main card, we had uh, two people there. Uh, who were looking to get be the first fighters to get 4-0 uh, in uh, 2020. Started with Bobby Green against uh, Thiago Moises. And um, unfortunately, Bobby Green was unable to get uh, to get that, that first and all that he was, th- uh, that 4-0 that he was hoping for. Uh, started uh, pretty bright in the first round. He was very kind of, for me, overconfident in his, uh, in his um, uh, stand-up. Because he just was showing no defense. He was, he was very, I mean, you could tell Spider was on the card because a lot of the fighters were kind of trying to be uh, very uh, Spider like in the way that they were acting in the, in the octagon. Uh, but in the first round, I, I felt that, uh, that Green did really well in, in terms of like the combinations. Um, Moises was obviously much better with the with the takedowns. He landed the takedown in the first round, uh, but uh, Green was uh, was able to stand back up. Uh, but Moise uh, was was then able to take Green back down. Uh, went, went for a bit of work for the Kimura, but he was able to 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 get up. Um, Green himself friend uh, a few kind of uh, submissions. I went for a guillotine at one time, uh, but his, his hands were were the what did the the hard work in the first round and what earned him the, that for me. The second round it felt a lot of the same, except uh, the big difference was that Moyes uh, he had way more success on the ground and he uh, he was able to drag Green down. And then the big talking point in the, in this round was the heel hook. The way that he uh, he really locked into it like a like a, almost like a viper, uh, and Green, uh, well, Carlos was here shouting at Green to to uh, push off that the arm and, and and work his way out, and Green looked like he wasn't able to do it, but he managed to get out the first time and then left his other leg in there for for Moses to go for a heel hook on that one. Uh, fortunately for for Green, he was able to. To, to like work his way out and then start to really dominate again on on the on the feet and um, it was a very tight round to, to call that uh, that uh, second round it could have gone either way and quite clearly with the result it did because uh, Moises really turned up the pace in in the third round landed a lot more shots uh, both fighters were were throwing a hell of a lot of, a lot of uh, a lot of uh, punches, but not a lot were were landed. There was a lot of misses, but uh, Moyes had a better a better round. Um, and then with the the last thirty seconds to go, um, Moyes landed a, a a big left hand, uh, which cut uh, Green and kind of probably swayed this this very close fight uh, towards him because. Uh, he ended up picking the the unanimous decision. All three judges giving it two rounds to one to Thiago Moises, and yeah, Bobby Green falls at the at the four and all hurdle. Yeah, unfortunately for him, he, he he could have made it a perfect night getting that four and all and going into twenty twenty. But unfortunately, twenty twenty is one of them years where it's not for him like it is for the rest of us. Mm-hmm. Uh, unfortunately, um, it's, uh, the one thing that surprised me is how confident he was going. Uh, obviously, he's one of the fighters that. 
starts with his his hands down anyway. He, he some some fighters do that. They they like to do it because you your opponent sometimes can't quite work out where the shots are going to come from or time them right. Different um, uh, basically attributes make up obviously the fighting yeah. styles and. He obviously he's, he last three wins over the likes of like Clay Guida, Lando Venata, has given that confidence to basically not just have his hands down but to walk forward and have his hands down, um, and that's a, a, a dangerous move against a guy like uh, Tiago. And I know he's only had like what four fights in the UFC, um, won three of them, lost one, so that's not a bad record for someone who's twenty five. And <laughs> going back into obviously Tiago's two last two fights, now he's. he's uh, one uh, win over Bobby Green, his last win over uh, Michael Johnson. So that's two, two big names. That's two big names two in big that stack lightweight division. That mm. we don't know what's going on, but we do know that Khabib is retired. So that's uh, again, that's the, a division that we can keep a close eye on. And you keep a win streak like that going, especially over top tier names, top fifteen, top ten names. You're quickly gonna get picked up for these top five, top three matchups, and obviously we'll, we'll see it of the likes of um, Chimiev. Look at him; he's been in the UFC two months now. He's one of the only fighters who's got a three and zero record in 2020. So, and he's going places. He was sat next to Dana White last week. He's he's looking to maybe push for for another fighter going four and zero. Exactly. So, it's it's just going to show this. Not only this year, but these sort of fighters, you you want to go places fast. You you've got to you've got to build up these wins, and um, Thiago has managed to do that over a big name. Mm-hmm. Like you said, in the fight, what uh, the one thing that is surprising me a lot more about the ground fighters of how of how well that they're adapting to getting comfortable on the feet, because more fighters know now that if they're comfortable and they're uh, sufficient enough on the ground that they can be a bit more looser on the feet. They can take a bit more chances because they know if they ever were to go on the ground, they're safe. They know what to do, and that's what Thiago managed to do. He's a black belt in Brazilian Jiu-Jitsu. He's he's like uh, I think where uh, Bisping said he, he did it Brazilian Jiu-Jitsu since he was eight year old. So being on the ground is not a problem to him. That's like a a, a second nature to him. <laughs> so he's one of these fighters who's took the stand up to. That little bit of the next level, where he's not just guaranteeing and, and using his grappling to grind these wins out. He's showing why a twenty-five-year-old is a mixed martial artist. How he's able to use the skills, he's able to use his skill set um, uh, as uh, as he adapts into the fight, uh, which is a good thing for such a young character in a stat weight. So, a couple more wins for Togo Moises. We never know. Going into twenty twenty one, he might be in the, the the name for the top fives in that division. Yeah, quite possibly. Um, going up to the the middleweight division, the other fighter on this card who's looking to to get four and all, and this one was able to to successfully pull it off uh, with uh, a lot easier opponent than uh, than uh, Bobby Green had in uh, Kevin Holland, who who had who was facing uh, Charles. Uh, Ontiveros making his UFC debut, and he's a for a for a, a middleweight. The guy is huge, absolutely. He, he looked like he was about six foot three. Uh, started the fight really kind of a. He wanted to make a, a name for himself with that with a massive axe kick, which uh, which very very nearly uh, found its mark. But uh, Holland straight away was able to close that distance, clinched, dumped uh, Antiveros onto onto his uh, his head. Um, he was able to uh, Antiveros was able to keep an hold of the grip, but um, Holland was was just ground and pounding, broke that grip. Uh, Antiveros actually got back to his feet, but as soon as he did, uh, Holland dumped him straight on the floor again. And this time, it was a far-ending dump because um, the ref waved the fight off as soon as as Antiveros had hit the ground. Uh, there was it, it. didn't seem like there was a a, a verbal um, a submission, but uh, according to Bruce Buffer and uh, the referee, there was. It seems. I mean, we've watched the replay countless times, and it's hard to kind of pinpoint what actually went on. Um, but watching the slow motion, it, it looks like. Uh, 
the head of Holland has uh, has been really tied up to the head of Antiveros when when they went down and when the the thud has hit the the canvas and then the bounce it's almost like Antiveros's head was like a pinball against uh, Holland's head. Then there's been elbows in the ribs, so there could be multiple issues with Antiveros and he's he's uh, He's, he's called off the fight. We'll probably find out over the next couple of days what actually went wrong, but I suspect it's either a broken jaw with the head or multiple broken ribs with the elbows. But either way, two and a half minutes into this round and uh, Kevin Holland is now 4-0 in 2020. That's it. Congratulations to him. Obviously, one of the first fights to get 4-0 in 2020. Uh, a different way to actually get the, the win, obviously, verbal submission. Um, we don't obviously like we don't quite know what went on. It was somewhat like a freak accident, uh, more than all. But the one thing that we we could take out of this part is Charles quickly learn that when you come to the UFC, just because you're good at taekwondo doesn't mean that you're good on the ground. And Kevin Owens put his experience to use. Uh, he he. I'm not going to say he's going to come out and say he knew it, but I'd, I'd put money on to to say in his camp they had plans to probably not stand up in this fight a lot than what mm-hmm. Kevin Owens probably is used to. But when you've got someone that good at... Like, at the end of the day, look at Charlie. He came out started with a fucking water like an axe kick or something yeah. like that. Yeah, so pretty much. When you've got someone starting with, with kicks like that, you take him down. You take him down. You, you clearly got on the feet, so see what they like well, on the ground. His, his legs were abnormally long. Yeah, exactly. So, and obviously his his background is taekwondo, so which is mm-hmm. not surprising. Uh, and and Kevin Owens was able to basically use his um, his own sort of reach to his advantage. He were able to sort of keep at bay a little bit. Um, to, to stay just out of the way of the shots, luckily enough, because the shots were coming in fast by Charles. And to make your debut against Kevin Owens, now that's a, obviously, I don't know a lot about this Charles guy. He, he came in having a, a record of 11 and 6, which, t- depending on how you look at it, if who he's for, could be great, could be quite shit. Mm-hmm. You, you never know. But going, going into the UFC against uh, a named fighter, let's, let's put it, because Kevin Owens has been in a, about for. A, a long time now. You, yeah, I would say a long time. I think it's his for UFC fight. Yeah, so he's he's a known fighter. So mm-hmm. coming into that fight is could be looked at as a dangerous fight. And Kevin Owens were able to take him down, sort of grind him out, and then obviously as soon as he got back up, take him down again. And that it just goes to show with the experience of knowing exactly what to do on the ground. Because even when he did take him down on the ground, Charles had him. In sort of like um, like a guillotine, a guillotine uh, in a way, like he was trying to like sort of fight it off or just keep his head down so he, he couldn't act, like uh, get hit in the face. But another thing he was doing is he was basically like putting his right arm that was already on the ground underneath Kevin Owens and around him and basically on his back and trying to bridge. Now at that point, obviously, there's there's different techniques at work and. One of the techniques that work for me personally is you once you once you've got that head sort of tucked in, instead of fucking about trying to grab the body or whatever in that lot, just grab the closest leg. Yeah, they're gonna be sprawling in that lot, but that's where you're timing it right to sort of grab the leg, and you you're basically trying to huddle that person up together. It's not it's not essential that you lock your hands together just enough to where you can get your own force to when you do bridge. You've got everything locked up, so they, they don't have a sort of chance to sprawl uh, and, and basically counter your reaction to be able to reverse the position. And that's one thing that obviously Bobby Green learned about 30 seconds or 40 seconds in when I obviously was shouting at the telly that he needs to kick <laughs> off to the hands and then obviously he needs to kick, uh, he needs to put his, his foot on his butt cheek and basically kick out. And that's one of the only ways to, the obviously multiple ways, but that's one of the. Uh, basic ways to defend that and obviously as well as reversing that position that was another way so they're all learning curves for the the, the young fighters obviously hopefully there's nothing seriously wrong with him and he gets back into the gym quick and picks up from where he uh, he went wrong because he could watch this tape back and and see exactly what I saw obviously when you're in a fight it's a bit different everything's going on in the moment so 
it's a lot easier for me to say, oh, he could have done this, he could have done this, but when you when we're actually in there, it's a lot different. You, you, you go in off every second that's in there. You haven't got that time to go, oh, what shall I do here? You've got to know what to do here. So, <laughs> obviously, the experience to learn the time in the octagon, the time in the gym, all that sort of stuff will come when you do everything that you need to do. But going on to Kevin Hollins, what were his fucking problems with uh, Adesanya? Like? He yeah, that was mental. Yeah. Uh, yeah, for context, after after the uh, the fight, um, Adesanya was uh, one of the, the people in the audience. Um, yeah, Kevin Holland was really, really like kind of pushing for that title match, Cut, uh, calling Adesanya his boy, uh, and Adesanya's like, what? You, you're nowhere near a title shot, mate. You're not... You're not on my level yet. You, you've got a lot of way to prove. And yeah, Holland was a. Uh, whether it was the adrenaline from the fight, or whether it's just like the fact he's picked up a really uh, decisive, like quick victory, and in, and he's like really like full of himself. I don't know, but yeah, he's not getting the Adesanya fight. Not not for for at least two or three more fights. And like we said, even if he does. Adesanya whoops a piss out of him. Yeah, yeah, I agree. Uh, let's go into this uh, into the, this mid-card match and uh, someone who we very much dislike on uh, five rounds. And, you know, every every fight gives us something else to dislike about him. Uh, for, for someone who's got such a controversial uh, kind of um, um, just outlook on... He, you would think he would try his best to kind of like ingratiate himself with with fans, but every fight he seems to be doing something else that that just pisses fans off. Uh, so we're talking about obviously Greg Harder against Morris Green, um, starting in the first round um, and quickly um, uh, Hardy gets uh, Morris Green down after after. Uh, Green uh, threw a kick and Harley was able to dump him. Landed a lot of uh, ground and pound, but um, it, it kind of struggled to put Morris Green away. You could see how uh, Gregard is still is gassing out. He still hasn't got that cardio. Um, after about three minutes on the ground of, uh, of being in control, to be fair, but just unable to, to kind of like uh, put Green away, he, he lets... Green up, which I thought was a, a a pretty bad decision. I mean, Carlos kind of explained afterwards about how he was punching himself out, and he uh, he wanted to kind of conserve that energy. And obviously, he thought it was better than Green on the feet. And to be fair, it was Green was was not at his best at all in this fight. Um, come to the the second round both guys were absolutely knackered you could see that they were both like just breathing so heavy um before we actually get to the second round the, the reason uh, that i mentioned that he does something that that kind of pisses the fans off when he had green on the floor he was putting his hands and his fingers in green's eyes and covering his nose which is an absolute no-no in in the ufc uh, you you're just not allowed to do that and like with the inhaler stuff and yeah he's just it just seems to be like a, a bit of a dickhead anyway it was one just before the the start of the second round by herb Dean not to do it um that uh it will be taking points which is, was weird because herb Dean didn't really mm. say that whilst it was happening and we were getting like really frustrated with that because uh herb should have been telling you i mean you put your hands on the cage the ref tells you get your hands up get your fingers out of the cage why was he not telling Hardy at the time? Don't stop pointing your fingers yeah. in his face. Stop pointing your fingers in his nose. One, I, think he, I think I only heard him say it one time, mm-hmm. like, based on watching fingers near his eyes. But other than that, it was nothing. And he he didn't even watch his fingers. If anything, he put his fingers more near his eyes. I thought yeah. like when Herb said that, must have took it as like, oh, it, this is what I do. Because he was literally covering his face for for five, ten seconds at a time, and then following it up with a, an elbow, which. Yeah, it's just it's just scummy moves by by a scummy person. Anyway, going into the second round uh, after the warning, uh, Green uh, tried to start with uh, some more leg kicks, and you could see both were both guys were absolutely knackered. Uh, Hardy dropped Green uh, with a with a, a left hook. Uh, Green uh, tried to kind of scramble, but Hardy just just had the the best of him started unloading on him uh, pulled uh, Green's arm to trap it and just to free up the, the head and make sure that Green couldn't defend 
Um, the referee stopped it. At first, it looked a little bit of an early stoppage, and Green was pissed off that he got stopped. Mm. And he was like punching the floor, and you could you could see him really be frustrated. But watching it back, it was a fair stoppage. He, he did turtle up. He did try and, and scramble out and, and escape. I understand that, but he just had no kind of defence. It was literally just. Um, survival mode and, and I think Herb Dean did him a favour before he, he he got seriously hurt uh, Greg Hardy wins again who the fuck cares uh, Just I just want him to get a top tenner who just absolutely just whoops the piss out of him yeah I think he's a prick but either way he's, that doesn't go into his fighting style but the one thing that does go into his fighting style for obviously the, the shit he was talking and he he thinks he's going to be champion one day, which I highly, highly doubt he's, he's, he's going to be. But he missed, he missed weight. He had, a, he had like an hour to, to make weight. He finally made weight. It would, have been, it would have been the first heavyweight in UFC history to miss weight. Yeah, and it, it's like, how, how? You're already fat enough. How, how can you, how can you mean, miss weight? Um, being objective and, and, and taking away my dislike of him as a person... As a fighter, he he just ha- he doesn't he hasn't improved from from the the the, the losses that he's took the the fights with uh, the likes of uh, uh, Sergey Spivak. He just there's no improvement there. And it's all well well and good feeding him guys like Morris Green, who as good of a fighter as he is, he struggled in his last three fights. I mean, we were talking about him in his last fight that if he didn't win, he would get cut. Mm. We knew that the fight before that. He was absolutely abysmal. Uh, so it's not like Morris Green is, is elite level. So when Greg does come up against these fighters, I mean, you can't keep feeding him in these cans. He's going to run out of fighters eventually. He's going to have to step up and fight top tens. Guys like um, uh, um, uh, Overeem, mm. uh, guys like Walt Harris. He's going to struggle up against these guys because these are way more rounded fighters who can hit as hard as Greg Hardy and have a way better game and also have cardio, which he does not have. No, he doesn't. That's that's the one thing that surprised me in the fight. Obviously, he's got one. He's got a legend in his corner, Richard Evans. And in the during the the first round when he knocked him down, fair enough, he followed it up, and it was a smart move. You've knocked him down, follow it up. But he missed most of his shots, and mm-hmm. like I said, he was punching himself out, and I was surprised that, he, obviously, he stood up. That could have been him, him standing up by himself. That could have been Richard saying, listen, you're going to punch yourself out, stand up. But either way, that's he, he had more success uh, on the feet than he did on the ground. And after the 30, 40 seconds, as, especially as a heavyweight, when you've got another heavyweight on the ground and you're punching and missing... And you, you're not looking like you've got a finish inside. <laughs> the worst thing you can do is keep punching. You, you, yeah. You're carrying two hundred and like thirty-five pounds worth of weight, and you'd be, you're punching. Yeah, fair enough. You're on the ground, but you're you're having to keep some of that weight up, and you're having to punch you're and try that to lactic acid build up. Exactly, and you're not getting no oxygen to your muscles because you're not breathing properly. You're just trying to haul ass and trying to finish him in the first round because that's the only thing you can do because that's the only thing you know, and then. And it just goes to show, like, after the second round he came out, he was gassed as fuck. Obviously, both of them were. And if it wasn't for um, the somewhat um, lucky punch that he that he got off, because it's not like it was a, a very technical punch. Like, let's let's face it, it was just more of he was fucked and he, he swung his big hand and it it landed and. Mm-hmm. It were able to to hurt Morris, and obviously, like we say, it did look like a, an early stoppage. But the the end product, the way Morris's face was basically falling to the floor, that's that's not that's not a good sign. So obviously, uh, Med um, a good decision there. But uh, Morris Green, after that performance, you've just got to look at it as going, yeah, you've picked up your last win, which was. At a push, at best, and then obviously this performance that he didn't even look like he he wanted to be in there. Mm-hmm. So he's another one of the fighters who you've got to talk about and you've got to look at. Going, mm, is he another Brendan Shaw? Does he is he good enough for these fighters now? If he's not good enough for these top fifteen, is he in these top ten? Is he going to be good enough for do these you, top five? Do you know the vibes that I get from him? 
Uh, remember when Brock was like was the man, uh, and they brought in uh, a fighter called Chris Teixeira, uh, who was a Brock's teammate, and he was not UFC level. It was it was a decent fighter, but it was not UFC level. But you could tell he got into the company because he was Brock guy. Mm. This feels the same with Maurice Green. He's he's from John Jones's camp, mm. so it feels like he's got a job because of the camp he's in, rather than him being a, 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 an elite level fighter. Unfortunately, catch those springtime vibes all over Arizona. Break out of the winter blues by hitting the water at one of our lake and river parks. Take a hike among the wildflowers. Just make sure to stay on the trails and leave the flowers for the bees. Discover Arizona's best kept secret and visit azstateparks.com slash amazing to start your springtime adventure. Anyway, let's get into the co-main event, which is probably the... Well, it was definitely the longest fight on the card. Uh, well, no, actually it weren't, because the main event went four rounds. But uh, it was... Uh, it was the... It's the easiest one to talk about as well, uh, because uh, all three rounds were pretty much exactly the same kind of thing. Uh, Brass Mitchell against Andre Feeler. Um, Brass Mitchell... Uh, if you don't know, he made a massive uh, song and dance about wearing camo shorts... Uh, who's been the, it's been really the story of uh, his last few fights where he's, he's really wanted those camo shorts and he got them and do you know what they actually didn't look that bad I actually think they, they look pretty cool but um, this was literally a, um, it was almost like watching Habib it was like watching an Alabama Habib uh, the way he controlled uh, Feely on the ground um, when it got when they were uh, action on the on the feet, Feeler was good. It was he, he landed a lot of shots, and if it was if he would have been able to keep it on the feet, I'm sure Feeler could have got the victory here. But where the 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 point was that Mitchell was able to take Feely down at will. Whenever he wanted to take him down, he was able to take him down. Feeler did absolutely amazing with some of the the kind of. Uh, the the groundwork that he did to get back to his feet, but every time he got back to his feet, Mitchell was able to just grapple and get him down again, and he just he just was smothered. There wasn't a lot of work on the bottom from Mitchell, especially in the first two rounds. He kind of like picked up the pace in the third round because his uh, coach just uh, basically tore a strip off him for for not working on the ground. But yeah, for me, uh, there's not really much more to say than. That Mitchell controlled this this fight on the ground uh, and picked up a, a well deserved uh, unanimous decision. Well, that's it. You, you can't take it away from him. Four and zero in the UFC now, holding his own with uh, five and zero. Now that makes him five and zero. Oh, five and zero in the UFC now, um, holding his own. I know it's, some people might look at it as going, "What the fuck's he done? It's only a pair of shorts," but it means something to him. It's, it's yeah. so he's he, it's good that. Uh, a small name fighters took a basically stand of like yo, the fuck it. I, even though it might be something small, I want this. I'm not. I'm not liking it. It's, the, the fighters at the end of the day, these are the people getting into the cage. It's something as small as that. What's the point in even having to have a debate about it? Just fucking give it a, it's a pair of shorts. Mm-hmm. <laughs> it's a pair of shorts. Come on, <laughs> the fuck does that matter? The, the fighters punching each other in the face at the end of the day. It's, it's a fucking pair of shorts. But yeah, going uh, going into the fight, Andre Feeler was definitely his toughest uh, opponent going into this, and in, it proved it. Uh, it proved it tonight. Andre Feeler pushed the pace, and um, the one thing that's the one thing that made me a little bit uh, laugh coming into the fight. Andre Feeler said that he feels like he's a better grappler, which blew my mind instantly. Knowing Brass is like wrestling, and the fact that he's a black belt in Brazilian Jiu-Jitsu. One of the guys who's only pulled off that, I think it's only one of two twisters in the UFC. These twisters aren't easy to pull off. They're fucking, they're not easy to pull off. They're not even easy to set up, let alone no. pull off. So it, it just it blew your mind when he said that. On, on the feet, if you were to say I'm going to knock him out, then that's I, I wouldn't believe that more. But um, Brass knew he knew that he didn't want to be boring. He knew that his sort of style, a lot of people could have looked at that core main event and gone, oh, he just wrestled fucked him for it. But he didn't. He, he sort of tried to make it more like Khabib's style, like we said. He he wasn't just laying on him. He was he was 
hitting him in the body, he was hitting him in the face, he was working, he was moving around, he was trapping the legs. Each time uh, Fila was trying to get up, he was trying to go for a single leg, trying to take him down. Every single time there was a counter, Mitchell was trying to throw his own counter in before mm -hmm. Fila countered that. It was a perfect matchup between two perfect fighters. Uh, unfortunately, Fila came uh, short with uh, the way it turned out. and it, it, no one can say it wasn't uh, it, it wasn't a boring fight because both of them held their own. Mm -hmm. Feel even when he was on his back, the, I think it was in, during the second or third round when they was up against the cage and Feel just fucking pushed off the cage like a fucking lightning bolt. He yeah. just fucking it, it pushed it, and, and then got top position from it. Yeah, and uh, got, that was in the third, I think. Yeah, third round, and mm -hmm. it was like, what the fuck? How fast was that? It was like, and basically, you've just been wrestled. You've just been wrestled for. For two rounds straight, and you just still have the energy to do that. You've been carrying Mitchell's weight for near enough two rounds. He's been beating you up uh, on the ground. He's been he's been mourning, He's been making you tired. He's been making it miserable for you. He's, he's driving his shoulder into your neck. He's he's, he's wrapping your legs up so your legs can't move. He's, he's making you feel like you can't do anything. He, he, it's a horrible feeling, and feeling was able to still dig deep and find that energy to to move, scramble, and. He was like somewhat like a silly salmon the way he was like just basically trying to just like flick his body just so he could he could basically just create some room from brass and, and get up and it just goes to show he's a fighter mentality the champion mentality which uh, obviously brass takes the next step up in, in competition close to the title which doesn't doesn't mean that Feely can't bounce back from this he he didn't make a lot of errors obviously he needs to go back and work a bit more on his on his ground game but. To me, he wasn't he wasn't doing the wrong stuff. He was doing everything right. Just unfortunately, Brass is just that next level above him on the ground, and I think that was the that was the the only thing that he, he, he could do in that situation. Basically, scramble, scramble, scramble up until he tries to get to the feet, and hopefully, he can every time Brass were to shoot in, and he, he were able to sprawl because he were having some success early into the second round. Um, when Brass basically tied himself out because he, he wrestled him from start to finish in the first round and he, he did he got a bit tired so when he got him down in the when he he came to the second round and uh, he were and Feely were able to sort of sprawl and and get that confidence up and when obviously we were up against the cage and he he wasn't allowing him to to trap his hands and he basically pushed him off him and that that boosted Feely's confidence like oh I've I've been able to stop him from taking me down he's getting tired. And then obviously in, in Mitchell they're like, am I getting tired? Have I got the energy to keep taking him down? Do I want to waste this energy to keep taking him down? And obviously in the fight, again, I fuck it, I should be a coach for these fighters. <laughs> His coach said, go straight, go down the middle. I said, oh, go down the fucking middle, he's going to eat a knee. And he did get a fucking knee. In 20 seconds later on, yeah. Yeah, so it, 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 uh, another thing of, like, I need a loud mark for these fucking <laughs> coaches and commentary team. Um, Dana hit me up, I've got my resume. <laughs> but yeah, the, Mitchell did the, the perfect thing. He, he knew Feely was a dangerous fighter. He knew that it was going to be his toughest challenge. He knew that he needed to make a statement in in, in that division and, and against a, a top name in Andre Feely. He took him down, he made it grueling, he grinded out the victory and he didn't make it boring. Nope, you're right. Um, and it was a, a great way to... After all the kind of uh, palaver going into the fight about the shorts, at least he now knows he's going to get him again for the next fight just because of how how good of a show he put on. Uh, let's talk about now this uh, this main event, uh, Uriah Hall going up against uh, his legitimate hero uh, and and living legend. I mean, this what can you say about Spider that hasn't already been said? He's he's just. He's just the epitome of of an MMA fighter. He's a a first ballot Hall of Famer and just one of the best fighters to ever ever grace uh, the octagon. Uh, going into the first round, uh, I thought that Spider looked like the Spider of old. Uh, it was a very nervy first round for both guys. They, they didn't really throw anything for maybe the first two minutes. It was very much a like a, a chess match. You call it a chess match and it, it seemed it seemed like a very much a chess match. Um 
if anything, I'd, I would give the first round to uh, Spider just because after the, the 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 first couple of minutes, he started throwing a lot more of the sneaky shots. Hall seemed very very gun shy, and this is a worry we always have with Hall. Which week Uriah Hall is going to turn up? Is it going to be the the brutal killer Uriah Hall, or is it going to be the nervy kind of um? He doesn't want to be there, kind of all. And in the first round, it felt like we were getting that second one. Uh, and Silver wasn't that active in the first round, but it, it did land a, a lot more combinations, a lot more shots. And Uriah Hall did just seem to be quite gun shy. Um, easy first round to, to give for, for Silver. But as as the fight went on, Uriah Hall just kind of like picked up it. He ended up, for me, winning. The second round, uh, very, very slightly. Uh, he was able to, to pull off a lot more shots, landed a few more jabs, and you could tell that those jabs were, were hurting um, uh, Silva. There was a, a, a period in the in the second round where we had to have a break for for some tape to be cut off holes as glove. Uh, Silver was still able to land with uh, spinning kicks and, and with uh, with those uh, those kind of way un uh, unorthodox shots that he, he always throws, and we even got a little bit of the the silver roll with the the Bruce Lee style like, armwork movements and and like Bisping said. That's, that's that's distraction tactics. Is uh, come and have a look at this shiny thing over here, and then you get a kick in the head. Uh, it was just absolutely comical. But uh, Hall didn't fall for any of those kind of tricks. Uh, landed quite a few more shots and like I said he, he, he looked like he was uh, found his game and he, he ended the second round for me up and then third round he started to just turn that dial up a little bit um, he landed way more shots he was landing way more kind of combinations that that um, cock left uh, hook what he has just looks scary every time he's, he's, he's looking to throw it um, we did see a little bit of clinching in the third round when uh, Silver got a hole up against the fence and landed some foot stomps, which made my toes cringe because you could, with having no, uh, with having no crowd, you could hear the stomp and I bet, uh, I bet. Uh, Uri Hall has got broken bones in them feet because they were brutal. Uh, coming to the end of the 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 third round though, and uh, Hall gets. Um, uh, it just drops Silver with um, um, Silver was was rushing forward, uh, missed on a couple of punches, and Hall went to to land a right hook, knew it wasn't on, and just held back a little bit. And Carlos uh, uh, mentioned it whilst we were watching. And when you get to see the replay, you can just see the 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 tactical awareness from Hall. He knew that if he threw early, he was going to whiff the whiff the punch. And he just waited that extra split second, landed clean on the temple, sparked um, um, Silver down to the floor. Silver recovered really quickly, but he was uh, he was eating a lot of shots and the bell saved Silver in that round because I think oh, yeah. if, if you give uh, Uriah Hall another 10 seconds, he was, he was going to KO uh, Silver. For me, I felt that some of the shots were to the back of the head, especially those hammer blows. I think he he, he did run the risk of getting uh, that could have been a disqualification for me. But um, um, Herb Dean allowed it to carry on, and we get a fourth round. Silver did well. He, he looked like he'd recovered, uh, but Hall knew he'd, he'd he'd hurt Silver and knew that it was coming up. Uh, Carlos was getting really frustrated with Hall for not. Going in, going in hard, um, which is, uh, I actually thought was probably the sensible thing for Hall because a wounded silver is a, a dangerous animal, and the last thing you want to do is uh, charge in and he does a, a Forrest Griffin style phantom punch. Ironically, that's how the fight ended because uh, <laughs> uh, Silver did the, the 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 lunging charge where he just swings his arms and hoping to land. Hall's head movement was absolutely glorious. I'm really, really impressed with it. Avoided pretty much every single punch and landed a Forrest Griffin-style ghost punch on the back foot. Crack. Silver goes down. Um, then um, Hall just follows up, starts laying into him. Uh, Herb Dean comes in, uh, stops the fight. Uh, Silver tries to wrestle Herb Dean down to the ground to get a, a, an ankle pick. Uh, but, yeah, Uriah Hall picks up the victory and the emotion flooding out of both guys at the end of the fight. Um, Uriah Hall obviously beating his hero, uh, Anderson Silver. The talk of him retiring. 
nothing was confirmed after the fire. Uh, the only thing that we can say is that Uriah Hall, this is the Uriah Hall that we love to see. This is the Uriah Hall that, that were kicking people's heads off in the Ultimate Fighter. If, if uh, Uriah Hall uh, can keep this mindset, this is a Uriah Hall that, that could be challenging uh, Israel Adesanya for that title. Uh, he's, he's talked about his uh, move to a new court, uh, new court and a new uh, a camp and how he, the thing that he's worked on the most is his mindset because he's, we've spoke about it multiple times, Carlos, how he's got all the tools you need to be a world champion apart from one and that's the mentality. He's, he's very... Um, he, he struggles so much with with falling in and out of love with the sport, uh, with uh, the kind of the mental toughness that you need to be to uh, to be a fighter. How many times have we heard him say, "I don't like doing it. I don't like knocking people. I don't like hurting people." But you're in the business of hurting people. Mm. Uh, so hopefully uh, his coach has kind of instilled a new mentality to him. It sounds like it's worked, and he was. Um, he, he he said everything right that we needed to hear. Hopefully this this can spring on. He can get a, a big fight against someone uh, a bit further up the ranks and, and push his way towards a, a title shot. But it was an impressive victory after a, a very nervy first round for Uriah Hall. Yeah, of course it is. He, yeah, impressive victory for him. Obviously, if it were all for me to watch, obviously he's not, Uriah Hall's not the only one who to basically follow Anderson Silver and look at him and go, right... This is what I want to do. I want to be yeah. uh, an MMA fighter. Like, oh. Anderson Silva, my favourite fighter. It's, it's uh, like Bisping said, he's inspired gen, not a generation, but generations exactly. of fighters. So he's, he's been obviously a professional for 14 years, made his debut in 2006. Like, the, our Mesbarat, when he fought Chris Lieben and he was there and, and people were saying that this guy's Anderson Silva, you don't, you don't blink. And our Mesbarat's at the screen, mm-hmm. I'm like, what, who is this guy? I'm like, how was he just being able to throw that with the fucking backwards elbow, the, the knee, the, the front kick? I'm like, the, the, his leg just come up out of nowhere. I'm like, you didn't see that back in 2006. Mm-hmm. He's in a boxer or a wrestler, or he's in a kickboxer. You, you didn't see this sort of. You didn't see you didn't see Anderson Silva in. Well, this was something new. This was something completely. This was a a, a Bruce Lee figure mm-hmm. coming into mixed martial arts, and like Michael Bisping said, and when he said. I think he's going to regret his words. I don't think he. I don't think he. He is going to regret his words. Anderson Silva is a sort of a, a modern day. A is, modern day is, the Bruce, is the Bruce Lee of MMA? He, he definitely is. You can't. You can't not say he is. The the way he fights, the the fighting style. He's got the manner. He's got as he fights the respect he's got for the sport and the respect he's got for his opponents, <laughs> win or lose. He respects them no matter what, and the one, the one, a humble thing that I, I like the fact about about this is Anderson Silva. He's just been knocked out. He's been knocked out. He's tried to ref, he's tried to grapple the referee. He knew Uriah Hall has been struggling with his mentality to go to a fight. He's just been knocked out. Anderson Silva went over to him after the fight, went down to his knees, and started speaking to him and telling him. Work on your mind. Work on the mindset. So even though he's just been knocked out off this guy, he's gone over to him to help him out, to help him out of his career, to tell him how important it is to train your mind, not just your body, to train your mind at what, what needs to like basically happen and what he needs to do. So that's just goes to show what sort of legend and character uh, Anderson Silver is. And if this is last fight, uh, he gets all the respect uh, from me that, that he deserves. But Uriah Hall, what an impressive, what an impressive victory! To say you've grew up idolising this man, watching his career, he sure did sort somewhat fight like him. He did the somewhat movements like Silver, obviously all the hand movements, the the feints, the going no, you don't know where I'm, you don't know where I'm going. Obviously Silver did it better, but Uriah Hall was you can just tell that he's 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 been watching Anderson Silva for a long long time and yeah. the and obviously the finish when we're going back to how we were able to finish him the phantom punch and like I said to you even though he finished him like that Anderson Silva's got to be proud of that like if they were just it would, 
It was just it was out. It was out. Yeah, it was out. It was out of Silver's playbook. Exactly. It was just a phantom punch. Then even when he was on the floor, it was just the two quick punches following up, and it was like it was like a mixture of Vita Belfort and and Forrest Griffin, and it was it was just a perfect perfect finish, if you would, to to Uriah Hall's basically like storybook ending like I said this where he's in his heart and his mind this was his championship fight beating Anderson Silva and he's able to do it seven year ago this this is basically when he knocked out fucking what's his face with that lethal kick um, the, the base people said like this guy's going to be the guy to be he, he should just bypass everyone and, and go and face Anderson Silva and that was something big mm-hmm. like Charles, like Charles Sonnen Tito Vita Belfort they were talking about this guy seven years ago. Just because of his knockout, he should bypass everyone and fight Anderson. Um, unfortunately, he didn't because he got to um, he he got to the the finals and he had to fight Kelvin Gastelum. Kelvin Gastelum, who's a brilliant wrestler, mm-hmm. and, and again, who wrestled Uriah Hall, and Uriah Hall took from that. He was a better. He took from that and were able to go and work on his grappling, work on his wrestling. We're able to know right this is what I failed on this is what needs to get me better he's been able to do that seven years down the line been able to beat his idol he's now able to move on to the next step and moving on from the next step with Uriah Hall I, I like it how he didn't just because he beat Anderson Silva I like how he didn't sort of call Izzy out straight away didn't put his, his name out there for a for a title shot he knows he's clever he knows what is he like 30 20 29 30 I think he's there 30 so he's only he's still young in the sport like even though people say he's still relatively young uh, he's fighting uh, in uh, in a couple of weeks uh, next week fucking uh, Chargo Finger Santos oh, Santos who's uh, going to share going to share is nearly 40 he's going for a run so 30 is not he's not an old age to, to try and make a run at the, at the title but I do believe he needs to face Kelvin Gastelum before going for that title. Mm-hmm. Uh, and that's hard for Kelvin Gastelum as well, though, because he's on a, a free fight uh, losing streak. So, well, Scott Cole could be popping his head around somewhere. <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah, I, I do believe he needs he needs to get that win back from um, from Gastelum. I think, uh, I think more just because obviously, like we were talking about with uh, the stuff that I'm doing with this the sports psychology stuff a lot of the stuff comes down to obviously like I'm not saying it's for him but a lot of stuff does come down to fear the fear of losing and obviously that killer mentality I think for his mentality and for his fighting ability yeah he's just got a win over Anderson Silva which is one of the biggest things in his career that'll give him super confidence but I think up until he gets that win over Kelvin Gastelum I don't think that mentality will come back properly because if he in, in, in his mind, he'll know he made the perfect run on the Ultimate Fighter. That should have been a storybook mm-hmm. career. From yeah. day one, that was built up to be a storybook career. Kelvin Gastelum ruined that in the finals. And I think up until he gets that win back, up until he claws that victory back off him, I don't think he's going to be able to take that next step in his career of saying he's truly who he believes he is and truly where he wants, believes where he, he wants to be. And... A champion can't think like that. A champion has to have a champion's mindset. He needs to believe that he's better than everybody, that he will beat everybody. Jan Blakovic has done it. He got beat off. He got knocked out off Thiago uh, Santos. But he knew, coming back from that, he's been able to beat everybody along the way and, and hold the title. And I guarantee now, if Thiago Santos goes and, and gets a rematch with uh, Jan, and I guarantee he's not going to end the, the exact same way. Fighters definitely changing. Mm-hmm. This is somewhat now sort of in when we speak about it in this terms, it's sort of like the switch places. Uriah Hall is now somewhat on a victory lap road, whereas Gastelum's on a losing streak. Mm-hmm. Whereas before it was a oh, Gastelum was on his winning ways, and Uriah Hall was struggling to find out who who he was as a fighter. So it sort of properly shifts hard, and I think. For both of their careers, I think this would not only would it be a, a good selling point, like a long, like sort of not a rivalry sort of thing, but basically like a, 
a long overdue sort of uh, an ending to a book that needs to be finished off. Uh, I'd watch that fight, and uh, again, I just firmly believe that he needs to get that win back just yeah. to become that Uriah Hall that everybody knew in the Ultimate Fighter. Yeah, I agree with you, and I think with the Ultimate Fighter coming back in in the very near future, it, it makes absolutely perfect sense that you close that that book on uh, Gaslam and and Uriah Hall's story. Uh, but yeah, uh, let's uh, let's just have a quick look at next week's show. Uh, not a huge card, to be fair. Not a lot of uh, big names on it, apart from the main event of uh, Tiago Santos and Glover to share a ball for those guys looking to to cement their position uh, as uh, the number one contender for for Jan Blackwich's light heavyweight title. Going further down the car, we've got Andre Olovsky versus Tanner Boza. Uh, Ian Harnish. <laughs> <laughs> Ian Harnish is taking on uh, Brandon Allen, and uh, Claudia Gadea is taking on Jan Jaunan. Uh, so yeah, check back in next week for for all the action on that. Uh, but otherwise, you can uh, follow me on Twitter at DJ Kirby. Follow Carlos here at Kirby underscore Carlos. Uh, follow the the networks at Visionaries. Uh, global media thechairshot.com and uh, shooting the sportsish uh, thank you all for listening and that is the end adios amigos thechairshot.com always use your head BetMGM has an unreal deal for sports fans in Maryland. Turn $5 into $150 instantly when you place your first wager at BetMGM. Simply download the BetMGM app and sign up using code OLDLINE150. Then, place a $5 wager on any sport. You'll receive $150 in bonus bets, regardless of your wager's outcome. And if you think the fun stops there, the king of sportsbooks has plenty of surprises in store. Check out daily promotions, same game parlays, live bets, and so much more. Download the app in Maryland today and get $150 in bonus bets instantly from your first wager only at BetMGM. BetMGM and GameSense remind you to play responsibly. See BetMGM.com for terms. 21 plus only. Maryland only. New customer offer subject to eligibility requirements. Rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days from issuance. Please play responsibly. For help, visit mdgamblinghelp.org or call 1-800-GAMBLER in partnership with MGM National Harbor. Promotional not available in Washington, D.C.